Come, Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for every gift that you give, and we give you permission to do whatever it is you desire to do. We pray that you would make our minds and our hearts and our souls the rich, fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel, that your word may bear abundant fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us and these great mysteries. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Are you king? It's a big question Pilate asked Jesus. Are you king? It's a, to be king, right, is to say then, in this particular place, in this particular kingdom, then all people are under my rule. And there's pure obedience to me and to me alone. Are you king? It's a challenging words, a challenging question. Remember being a kid and, you know, we always had, grew up in the country, there was always a pile of dirt somewhere. You stood on top of it and somebody said, are, are you king? Yes, I am. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And this is the sense of what Pilate is asking Jesus the same thing, like, are you king? For us to say that Jesus is king is a big deal. It means everything for us as Christians. It is easy for us, maybe easier to say, oh, Jesus is my friend, or even Jesus is my savior. But to say Jesus is my king, if we cannot say that, we are not authentically Christian. If we cannot say that, then we're just kind of messing around with Christianity. We cannot say the Lord, Jesus is Lord of every aspect of my life. And in every aspect of my life, he has my full servitude and obedience. If we cannot say that, then we're not completely Christian. But if we are honest with ourselves, right, when we even think of that concept, like we think of monarchy as Americans, it grades on us. I mean, part of our DNA as a country is like, no, we told the monarchy, you can keep it yourself, we're going somewhere else, and leave us alone. And we had a war to declare our independence from monarch. You know, we're rugged individualists, that's, that's part of the DNA of Americans. So for someone to say, like, I am serving a king as an American is like, no, 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 no. And then part of our fallen human nature is the same thing. Right? I don't want anybody to tell me what to do, even God. I want to do what I want to do. I don't care what mom says or dad, my teachers. There's something about our fallen human nature that says, I am king, I am queen. And so for us to profess that Jesus is king, if it remains just a cute statement, you know, in the name of our parish, but does not have actual effect in our life, 
then we're not living an authentic Christian life. So to say that Jesus is king, right, Pilate asked him this question, then he said something interesting. My kingdom is not of this world. Okay, so like as long as we're here, then it doesn't matter, right? Like, Jesus, if you're just king somewhere else, then over here we can do whatever we want. That's not what the Lord is saying. What is the kingdom of God? I mean, it's something that we hear in the scriptures over and over and over and over again. It's kind of like this nebulous, like, oh, yeah, the kingdom of God. The most simple definition or understanding of the kingdom of God is this. is perfect unity and perfect communion of humanity with God. Of men and women individually and as a whole with God. That's the kingdom of God. When we are in perfect harmony with the Lord, which existed before the fall, right? That there was a kingship. God was king. And in a certain sense, God even established Adam and Eve as king and queen of the creation, participating in his very being. But then the temptation came, right? The serpent came in the garden. And the serpent who had already said what the church would say, Non servion, I will not serve. God, you are not my king. And so then there was the temptation of us. And then we said, okay, yeah, we're joined with you. I will not serve either. I will be king without God. I will be queen without God. And then there's this break, there's this rupture in the kingdom of God because now there's a separation because we have chosen. We chose in our sin to remove ourselves from this deep communion. And so in the Old Testament, there's this continual prophecy. It's like, hey, the kingship will be restored. And on a natural level, you had the kingship of David, which was a symbol of the kingship of Christ to come. This deeper harmony and communion with God. But it wasn't fully established until Jesus came. The incarnation, the perfect union of God and humanity together in the person of Jesus. Jesus really, if we think like who is the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? It is Christ. This deep harmony, this deep union where Jesus, if we go back to Philippians and that, that hymn, that ancient Christological hymn that says, Jesus, who though who was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men and was obedient to the Father even unto death. Notice Adam, right, grasping, grasping at the tree, and Eve grasping. Jesus did not grasp. Father, I will serve even unto death. Is Jesus our king? Because the kingdom of God also is meant to be lived in us, like in our hearts. Jesus says it is present, it is here in him perfectly, and ultimately for when Jesus comes back again, the kingdom of God is in heaven, but it's also meant to be in our hearts, that like Jesus should be king of my life and of your life. And have rule over all things. Is it true for us? We are so afraid to give up control. 
But here's the thing. Who is our king? King is not a tyrant. King is not a tyrant. Our king's throne is the cross, which he mounted to give his life for us. Our king is the king, instead of taking things from us, gives his life for us. And the only thing that our king wants to take from us is sin. For what purpose? For deeper communion with him. He wants to take sin. He wants to take our sinful attachments and give us more of himself. But we cling to them. We cling to them. You know, just recently, <laughs> you know, there's a particular relationship in my life where, like, for a while, I've realized there's been some tension. I'm like, okay. And just praying, right, and praying, Lord, do something. Lord, do something. Like, whatever you need to do in my heart, whatever you need to do in this person's heart, like, I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this, Lord. And praying and praying. And most of the time, like, pointing the finger at the other person, you know. Like, hey, if they could just get their act together, Lord, we would be good. One day in particular in prayer, I felt very deeply in my heart the Lord saying, you need to ask for forgiveness for your part in the tension in this relationship. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm going to point out in them what they're doing wrong. Okay? So I'll say, hey, I'm sorry, but FYI, if you keep doing that, it's not going to go well. And the Lord was like, nope. I'm like, no, no, Jesus, you don't understand. Like, that is, what they're doing is unjust. He's like, yeah, I know. But you need to apologize and offer no qualification. And I tell you, I knew intellectually, I knew it was right. And then that same day, the gospel passage was like, forgive seven times seven, you know, all these times. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> You're messing with me, right? But I felt deeply in my heart and like just clinging to my pride. Like, no. I am not going, I'm not going to go in there and apologize and not say this this part two is yours and you need to change it. And it was as if the Jesus was asking me, who is king? Who is king? You or me? And interiorly, I was saying me. And it was a choice that was laid before me. Good. You can stay king, and the tension will remain. And whatever charity is in your heart will continue to atrophy. And more and more and more, you will give yourself over to the wrong kingdom and not the kingdom of Christ. But if you can go and apologize and offer no qualifications whatsoever, then you will be in my reign. And I said, well, what if, what if they don't apologize, <laughs> right? It matters not. 
it matters not. All the more you need to humble yourself. Who is king? And so, <laughs> I took me a long time um, and a unique, miraculous grace to say, okay, Lord, I will apologize. And in apologizing, like as I was apologizing, I could literally see on the other person's face, I'm just waiting for him to stop apologizing and then point out what I'm doing wrong. And when I didn't do that, it was like a look of shock. Kind of like, so that, that's it? Like you're just sorry? Okay. That opened up a space for healing in the relationship. Is it perfect? No. But healing. And it ultimately came down to a question for me was, who's king of that part of my life? Me or Jesus? And our lives, whatever life it is, our relationships, sexuality, school, work, economy, my resources, my time, who's king? Who's queen? Is it me? Is it you? Or is it the Lord? Is it every single aspect of our life? Every single aspect. And part of placing Jesus as king, then there is a freedom. There is a freedom. Because I don't have to anxiously try to control everything. He's in control. And then part of what Jesus, he asked us continually for our surrender to him. And then from that to go, and like part of living in the kingship of Jesus is manifesting it in, in, in life. Like I have to take the things that the Lord has given me and I have to use them for the building up of the kingdom of God here, spiritually within the souls of others and then tangibly. And we have a particular, a particular call and responsibility to serve those who are most in need. What are we doing for the poor? What am I? What are you doing for the poor? How are we building up the kingdom of God there? Who is king in that aspect of our life? Who's queen? So today, at the end of Mass, what we're going to do, we're going to have a Eucharistic procession. So after we receive communion, post-communion prayer, the Blessed Sacrament's going to be here, and we're going we're gonna to get in, we're going to follow the king is what we're going to do. That's what this is about. Hey, Jesus, in a tangible way, in a symbolic way, I'm going to say that I am following you. When I leave this church, I walk out of these doors of this church, and I go wherever I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, you're the king, Lord, and I'm following you. And there are things in our heart, right, that are going to be grating against that, like me not wanting to forgive or whatever, whatever it is in your life right now that's like the big thing. Then it's like, you know what, Lord, I'm laying that down and I'm getting behind you. I'm getting behind you. At the beginning of the gospel, Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. What good news? That he is king, that he is Lord, and I am not. He is my Savior.
It's easy for us to say Jesus sometimes is Savior. It's easy for us to say that he is our friend. It is hard to say that he is king. So you know what Jesus is asking us today in the gospel? Are you king? Pilate asked him, are you king? He asked us, are you king? Are you queen? And our answer should be no. Lord, you are king. Have mercy on me. Take my entire life, for it is yours.